All right. Hey, what's up, y'all? I am Dr. King Yai, and uh, today I have a very special guest with us, man, brother Dennis, man, KP. We know, I know him from the streets, brother KP. You know what I mean, brother, brother Dennis, man? I appreciate you, man, for joining us today. And so we're gonna we gonna play a couple tracks by brother Dennis. He's an artist, man. He is an internationally known artist. And uh, this first joint we're gonna play while I'm giving y'all a little background on a brother. It's called No Cry. So listen to this piece. Let me know how y'all feel about this vibe. Stay prayed up and lights all sprayed up, y'all. This is the real thing. Already, I'm liking. I'm liking what I'm hearing right now. Loving it, loving it. So KP, short for Killer Poets, or Jamie Dennis, is a man who was born with a dream. Even though he grew up in North St. Louis, where the reality of youth ex ex uh, exhibiting delinquent behavior was prevalent, his mother was very strict on him and his older brother about obtaining an education. She demanded that they read books regularly, and in order to improve their vocabulary, she encouraged them to read the thesaurus, dictionary, and encyclopedia. Knowledge is power was a quote that was commonly used in his household. And this ideology fostered a very profound desire for intellect in the adolescent mind of KP. He was completely intrigued by the literary arts and his childhood fascination with words led him to authoring his own comic book scripts and even drawing his own characters. He discovered early on that he was a creative writer and credits his third grade English teacher, Miss Joanne Owens, for creatively inspiring him to utilize all of his talents, including writing short stories and poems. Since 1982, in the legacy of his mentor, Martin Luther Matthews, co-founder of the Matthews Dickey Boys and Girls Club. He strives to do things for others instead of for himself and utilizes his or uh, utilizes the three R's. That is respect, restraint, and of course, responsibility in all aspects of his professional and personal life. So with no further ado, I wanna introduce to you all the brother that I know is KP, but professionally, Brother Jamie Dennis. Welcome, brother. How are you? Man, thank you, Dr. King. Yeah, man, I'm too blessed to be stressed, man. I really appreciate you and everything that you've been doing as far as, you know, putting these positive messages out on our people throughout the community, man. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me, brother. Man, I appreciate you for all the work that you're doing. You know, uh, just the love, man. Like, Yes, sir. You know, I seen you out in the streets, bro. You know, I mean, over 10 years ago, just doing your thing. Just Real. always being a positive role model in the community, man, in St. Louis, where we need you the most. North St. Louis, North County. I mean, all of that. Yes, you know, sir. When, I, when I came across you again several years ago, when I was going through my, uh, before I, I hit my homeless phase, you know what I mean? I went through your program, the SOS program, Save Our Streets. You know what I mean? Save Our Sons, you know, from the streets. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a pivotal moment in my life 
where I had, you know, lost custody of my children, my nine-year-old son, uh, my 10-year-old son and my nine-year-old daughter. So I was really crying out and reaching out for help. And so I reached out to you. I'm like, man, I need to come to this program, bro. I'm, I'm here no matter what. I need to find out what it is y'all do and how it can help me deal with the mental stresses that I was experiencing and, and uh, as, a, as a result of me, you know, losing custody of my children. But I really want to highlight, you know, you for everything that you are doing, man. And it is, it is definitely a blessing and an honor just to have you here with us today. You still standing, you still strong, you are still in this fight, man. So, man, I just welcome you and I appreciate you. Right on, doctor. Thank you, thank you, man. It's it's been a privilege and an honor, man. And you know, as you said, yeah, I did see you know coming through the storm, man. And and you came through like like a cannonball, though, brother, because I always knew you had that fire in you, Doc. You know what I mean? And the story that you've been through, man, you don't look like what you've been through. And upon first meeting you, when you did reach that homeless phase, I, I wouldn't be able to tell it unless you told me about it. That's man, real, I man. You. I appreciate you, yes, man. Sir. You know, you know, we as men, we're taught to wear a mask. As human beings, we're taught to wear masks, right? Yes. But when yes, we are men and have the appearance of what society calls us as black men, we have to carry that mask a certain type of way. So no matter yeah. what we are going through, you know, in the cognitive cognitive dissonance, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what you mentally, yeah. we have to continue to move forward and just breathe. That's no real. No matter what you're going through in life, you got to remember to just breathe. Man, the vitals, the basics, man. You got to keep the basics. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep those essential things, man, because everybody, even especially as, you know, men of color or black men or whatever you want to label as that. We, we take the most, I think, perhaps off society. And we're often, you know, relegated to keeping ourselves bottled up and not being able to have a proper ventilation system to get some of this angst and anxiety and personally PTSD that kind of permeates the black community, you know, is very prevalent today, you know, in the post uh, Michael Brown Ferguson era of what it means, you know, even with um, the newer situations that's been happening that involving our people, man, it's like an everyday fight just to stay alive. So anxiety is at an all time high and mental health is a true crisis that's going on in America that I believe is even greater than the pandemic. The real pandemic is mental health, you know, that's right. people breaking down. That's right. You know, you know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because you know, we have been in a mental health crisis for yeah. quite some time, right? True. And mental health awareness plays a significant role in the development of our youth. And so we have to be at a point where we can address the mental health issues that we go through on a daily basis. Real. So it's not just about yeah, we in a pandemic, you know, right. COVID this, COVID that. We have been in a pandemic. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it pains me when we look back and reflect on what happened in Ferguson. But look at what happened before Ferguson. Look at what led up what to, led to the Michael Brown murder. 
the assassination, yeah. the slaughter. Yeah. Look at what has continued to transpire post the Michael Brown murder assassination. We have been under attack since the beginning. Yeah. And the onslaught has continued. Nothing has changed. Just different faces, different amounts of money being poured into communities. That's it. It's the same script. It's the same story. It's the same scenario. You've seen it. Yeah. But, you know, in spite of all of that, Brother KP, you have weathered the storms. You have a story of your own. And I'd like to open up this platform for you to tell us more about who you are, your story, your past. Like, your story resonates with me. Growing up across the water in Brooklyn, Illinois. <laughs> My mother side. taught us and instilled stuff in us about scriptures, the Bible, Christianity, yes. Yes. wanting yes. to protect us, have that protective hedge over us because they didn't want us to go out there in them streets to see what the streets had to offer us. <laughs> and them streets, man. Right. You know, so, it's like young people to me, myself included, when I was going through the transition of turning from a boy into a man. I believe it, I liken it to be a boat in the middle of the river. On one side, you got po- poverty, ignorance, and hatred. And on the other side, you got credibility, integrity, and accountability. And the whole plight is for us to get to that other side of the river, you know, and which is on credibility, integrity, and accountability. And, you know, growing up, you know, I had a, a a pretty typical childhood, you know, growing up in the inner city of St. Louis. But the first four years of my life started overseas because I was an army brat with my father being in the army. Um, you know, I stayed, I stayed in Nuremberg, Germany, man, and a few other places over there in Europe. And when we first came to the United States, um, we actually stayed with uh, a friend, my mom's friend who was a Caucasian lady um, big shout out to uh, Claudette. I call her my aunt Claudette, you know, because she was really uh, showing us some love by allowing a single mother and her two kids to come from overseas, you know, and, and stay in her house and be able to, you know, work a job. And, you know, we were able to stay there for a nice amount of time until we were able to get the money for a first and last month deposit on an apartment in the city of St. Louis. And, okay. and that would be my introduction to St. Louis coming from Baldwin, West County. And, you know, seeing all the affluent uh, part of town and, you know, weeping willows, man-made lakes, you know, all the things that, you know, people aspire to live around, you know, to get that type of ambience and backdrop in their community. You know, yeah. that was my first introduction to the United States. But reality was smacked right in my face when we moved to North St. Louis, where it was on North Market and Sarah. So it was a really dynamic change of environments, you know, and, and it was profound on me because, you know, right then and there is when I recognized that, you know, there was some type of difference between, you know, people with my skin color and people uh, of a Caucasian uh, complexion, you know. Yeah, it, 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 you're always going to see a uh, <laughs> a contrast, right? You know um, what I'm saying? You know, always. but 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 
not not to really stay on that because my lessons began right then and there because I never really had to deal with the black and white diaspora or the dynamic that a lot of, you know, black people may go through from day one when, you know, interfacing with people of the opposite race. So I had a preconceived notion in my head, you know, coming from Europe that people were people. And I didn't get a chance to really have this in, inherent inferiority complex that I feel like white supremacy kind of puts on black folks' minds who grow up over here, born over here, you know, never have an opportunity to get out of the Western hemisphere where, you know, culture value and the, the actual value system is truly different. So I was always open-minded to different folks, but I was hit with colorism when around my own people, you know, living in the inner city, you know, they played the light-skinned, dark-skinned game, the yeah. brown paper bag test. You know, I was hit with Tar Baby, Charcoal, you know, Chocodile, whatever you could come of, you know what I'm saying, Burnt Baby and all, all that All the good names stuff. that they call African Booty Scratches and all that other stuff. African Booty Scratches. Man, you yeah. know, and, and it always puzzled me because, you know, over there in Europe, the darker the complexion, the more people seem to revere, you know, your look. And you come to the United States and, and it's the exact opposite. The darker you are, the more people will inherently think that you are inferior and that you're not as, you know, appealing or attractive as the next brother or, or sister. intelligent. Right. You know, all intelligent, absolutely <laughs> intelligence. And, and, you know, the nappy headed thing and, you know, all the things that we were teased about as a young boy, that's when I got my first lesson on that. So between the ages of maybe like five to about eight years old, when I was in the inner city, St. Louis public school systems, I was learning colorism. But then mm -hmm. when I was bust out in the DSEG program, I ended up going way back out to West County because my mom was really familiar with Baldwin, Missouri. And she figured that, you know, where the money was, follow the money and get a better education. So the big trick that was pulled on the black community since 1954, the Plessy versus Ferguson case, the Brown versus Board Education. You know, mm -hmm. so we ended up getting up really early in the morning, going out to these big, big white schools where, you know, your schoolmates, your classmates have parents who are maybe doctors or lawyers or even professional athletes, kids that, that have everything at their disposal. And us being on the, uh, the free lunch meal program, uh, you know, coming from a background of vital packs and, and you know what I'm saying, just not having and, and most of all, not being in a household with my dad, you know, I kind of felt uneven and, and unequal. So, yeah, that's when the, 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 the dynamic of black and white even entered my mind was around fourth grade. You know, because the teachers would teach, treat you relatively different. Uh, the students, you know, they, they would look at you with a funny eye, but I was always able to transcend, you know, wherever I was by using the talent and the knowledge, you know, that I believe I was born with. And it was my gift to, you know, be talented. So I would draw in class or I would write poems and, and songs in class. And that's how I built all my friendships based off my talent. So yeah, I still never played the race card until, you know, I got a little old and started tripping off politics and, and saw my first Farrakhan tape. <laughs> got you, man. I love it, man. I love it. Um, yeah, man, I would have never known that you were in Germany and then you came to St. Louis and yeah, I would have never known that. So it's just amazing how similar the background is, right? So with me, yeah. I grew up in a small town. 
Well, everybody right. know about that little town, right? <laughs> and you hey, know, only thing we know drugs. about Brooklyn is <laughs> strip you drugs. Know what? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Brooklyn. That's it. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. That's all you Brooklyn. know. Right? <laughs> so imagine going from that environment to Muscoota, Illinois. Wow. That was my paradigm. So it was like, yeah. say, so, so say it was like that for you coming from St. Louis to Germany or to yeah. Europe. Germany right? to St. Louis. Right, right, right. So, so imagine the roles were reversed, right? That you were in St. Yeah. Louis and then you went to Germany, right? <laughs> so the yeah. culture shock. So yeah. I grew up in the hood. And yeah. Then I was taken out of that environment and placed into this type of environment. Yeah. That's when racism began for me in third grade. That's when right. it became apparent to me. Oh, a nigga. What? 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 Yeah, oh, man. What? Yeah, man. Whoa. I mean, I it played was a few of them white boys that was talking that N-word stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I We used to call each other, you know, niggas in the hood. And, you know, it was a term of endearment. And we ain't taking no type of way. But the first time I was called a nigga by a, a, a white guy with the uh, actual pronunciation of uh, N-I-G-G-E-R, right. it hit a little different. Oh, and yeah. And it caused me to come unravel. And I found myself being suspended when those white kids will, will, uh, that were involved with the same infraction will be put on detention or maybe just sat in time out. Oh, yeah. I saw it, bro. Man, KP, listen. I'm in my school in Illinois. I'm in junior high. I'm on a bus on my way to school. Yeah. And, you know, during that time, well, during that time, what the white kids would do, they would put their backpacks on the edge of the seat so you wouldn't yeah. sit with them. Don't say, yes, I remember that. Right. I remember that. So so I got on a bus this day, and I had my school textbooks I had took home the day before. I, I'll never take school books home. I'm in seventh grade. I just got done with the wrestling team. I made the wrestling team. Best experience I ever had. I was a brave, my school to brave, yep. Anyway, the white kid called me an N-I-G-G-E-R. Mm -mm. All I wanted to do was let him read the word. I, I wanted to know if he knew how to spell that, that word in the textbook when it went across his nose, right? And so subsequently, you know what happened. I'd have made his ass read there. these Nikes. Right, right. Man. You know what happened from there. So, yeah, he had to read these Nikes. Right. So, <laughs> so, so you know, I, it was just a textbook. I just want him to read it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I also went through that that school bus suspension. And not the school suspension, but I went through the school bus suspension subsequently. I was taken off of every sports team. Uh, of I, couldn't, I couldn't participate in no sports, no after school programs, right. any of that after that incident. It's so, like becoming a felon. Yeah. I couldn't even graduate. Like with my, yeah. I, I didn't have no graduation, no after school programs, no dances. I couldn't be on the premises. School was out. I better get out. That's it. <laughs> Man, they found a way. And you know, that that's what's been going on, bro. Dr. Kenya in America for ages, you know, since I've been around. I'm in my late 40s and you know, since I've been around, I've seen this same model being playing out as I said from the uh, 1954 landmark case, Plessy versus Ferguson, the Brown versus Board of Education. They took the money out of the communities that we lived in when at first there was pride in the black communities. Mm -hmm. And once they allowed them to lobby and you know, and groups like 
the um the the, the uh, United uh, uh, Daughters of the Com Confederacy. Mm -hmm. They they sought out to go through the nation long ago in the 1800s, man. Really after Reconstruction, and change the the textbooks and inject false indoctrinations and eugenic based ideals into the history to rewrite the narrative that will remove the moral responsibility away from this country for you know the atrocities of slavery and later on the Jim Crow era and into the civil rights movement where we can now be desensitized in the education system. Cause the whole plan is to really kill them while we grow. That's so it. they poison our mindset to miseducate us. And then, you know, it's three things that affect a kid when he's growing. That's his school, that's his household and that's his community. So Absolutely. if they can affect in those three areas, man, you really don't stand much of a chance to make it in society because it's already a preset game for us to figure out. But, you know, most of us don't make it through until they enlighten themselves like you and I and, you know, go over and through the obstacles because the obstacles are just going to be there. And, you know, it's almost a clandestine situation for a lot of our people who will take a test with limited knowledge you know, but have to have these criteria that are basically socially based or racially based to where demographics will exclude you, you know, just as a default from, from these opportunities. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening. I'm, uh, again, I'm Dr. King Ya and uh, with King Ya Speaks Network. And our uh, featured guest is Brother uh, Dennis, Brother Jamie Dennis, uh, known as KP affectionately in the streets. Brother, you look good for 40. Uh, 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 you've, you know, me, uh, you say end of 40, you towards I'm, the end. I'm, I'm going to be knocking at 50s, though. See what I'm saying? Yeah, it look good and knocking at 50, bro. You good, bro. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll, we'll be right back in just a few moments. I just wanted to uh, set the room and just give y'all information. Uh, we'll make sure that you all have the information where you can follow Brother KP as well. He is a pillar in the community, uh, a source to be reckoned with, and uh, he's an internationally recognized artist as well. So, um, we'll be right back. Thank all right, so again, uh, I am Dr. King Yai, and uh, we are here with uh, Brother KP, the killer poet. The brother's yes, phenomenal. Sir, yes, sir. So you can check him out on his social media handles. Uh, tell us where they could reach you at, my brother. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, King James KP Dennis, uh, KP, the killer poet on IG, or uh, Ghost Town Records on YouTube TV. There it is. Ghost, Ghost Town Records on YouTube TV. Check them out. Check them out. Follow my brother. Yes, my sir. brother's doing some great stuff. So we got some more exciting news for y'all. But uh, what we're going to do right now, we're going to play this brother's track real quick. And then, you know, we're going to be right, right, right back. Y'all know how we do it. Spin it. Yes, All right. Sir. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. So we're going to play this first piece, this first piece so y'all can really hear it and really feel it. It is uh, the first piece is entitled... Cry no more. Cry no more. So we about to play that joint right now. Full effect. Cry no more. Uh, uh, uh. Stay prayed up and lights all sprayed up, y'all. This is the real thing. This is it. OD. KP. Let's get it. 
Sorry for those who did lost their way. And the ones who overzealous to be boss, but don't want to pay. I'm on the case, no mistakes. They meticulous. Created with the gift of poetry. Spit ridiculous. And it makes it with the spirits of the gods and the goddesses. The leader out of the darkness of the pickers. It was part of this. Imposter's information into your mental. No question, intelligence. Follow orders like Tarot. Drastic and I pull a robbery with a plastic clock. Get in it how you live up until the casket drops. Batman robbers, they be green like your team. You were selling keys. Murder, there was icy as the velvet breeze. The beast compelling me to continue this true sermon. Turn off the radio and tell me what the youth learning. Don't want to concern it. It seems like they ain't know it. Too famous for a nigga, he won't even think you know it. Get no right, on. right on for playing that, bro. Thank you, Doc. Don't get no really than that, man. I appreciate you, man, for that that wonderful masterpiece. Appreciate so for, for, for those that are just listening to that for the very first time, they may not even understand rap or hip-hop. Break that piece down to them, man. Like, what inspired that, that masterpiece? Man, well, well, it was actually written in response to COVID. You know, I wrote that song in March of 2020. That was just basically me putting my feelings out there and, and my, my partner, my little brothers, a guy that I've been mentoring for a, a, a nice amount of time named O.D. Porter. He's an awesome guy, an awesome artist, an MC and a father like I am. His daughter was going through a, a, a crisis, man. She was really ill. 
She was battling an illness that uh, the doctors were incorrect about and possibly had a malpractice suit going on at the time. So this song was designed to be like a therapeutic thing. As you notice, I, I said in the beginning, I stay Lysol sprayed up and prayed up, you know, because that's that was the thing back in the day when, you know, 45 was talking about the Lysol and the fluoroquine and drinking bleach. And, you know, it was just a bunch of hysteria, man. And, and I was speaking to the fact that the old heads that are in our community were being isolated. And, you know, more than a pandemic or a virus, just the, the not having the, the, commu the communication and the human touch, that's killing a lot of our elderly, you know? So that song was telling the world, man, you ain't gotta cry no more. We gonna get through this together, man. All these times are dark, you know, you still hold your head up. And then I broke it down. If you heard my homie's part, he was talking about just people being caught up in the cognitive dissonance thing, you know, living in the hood, uh, repping a set, having a gun, but then you wonder why you get capped or you get killed, you know, but you living in the course of your own cycle of destruction and bring it back full circle, talking about the teenage girls that no longer are subscribing to be wives or right. subscribing to even be women for that matter and getting caught up as, you know, uh, single mothers and thinking that that's an actual title to be proud of, but it's actually designed to break the, the nuclear family down and, you know, in this cancel culture that's really permeating everything today. So, you know, it was a, one of those type of songs, man, a real salute the moment, feel good, touch your soul song. And I hope I did that, man. Man, right you did more. that. You definitely did that for me. And I know that you definitely did that for the rest of the audience as well. Like, even if they don't understand a lot of the hip hop, they can understand the real genuineness of where you were coming from. Yes, right. Sir. And so, yes, and so I, I appreciate that, man. Just, you know, keeping Thank it in a buck, keeping it 100. No, salute. Salute for you giving me the platform, man. man you know, absolutely, man. My I house ain't is following your house, trends. Mikasa yes, Mikasa so, Yes, sir. I appreciate that. So this next piece I want to play of yours, man, it's, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to just go ahead and go into it and then you can, you can kind of explain, okay. you know, real quick. And then I know you have to go. So I'm looking forward to having you back, bro. So we'll... We'll yeah, we got to do a part two, man. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely, yes. Because we didn't get a chance to really talk about, you know, the prison re-entry, gotcha. you know, space that I'm we in. We're going to do that after this track. We're going to do that real okay. quick after this track. That, that's good? That. All right, cool. Yeah. A lot of people do it for the money, the power, and the fame. And that's me. I do it for your head and your heart. So if I got your heart, then it means I got your soul home. I mean, that's just it. Mind, body, and soul. Some of y'all niggas just hard here. Who the one that you ever heard? Tell me who can do it better, nerd. Nobody who about to get your fella served. And I ain't even said a word. My first drink, off spring, got a swing, smack crack for the streets, fat beats with a shit, load of dope, rap straps for the geese. Niggas ain't got your back cause you weak. Got this. You can run your mouth, I'm gonna put it in the fact. Cause I'm all about that action and cash in the chat. Ain't never seen a player just dance like that. Got the fuck off some stats, but the bitch way back. Why you fucking with my bloodline? I'm a killer every damn time. I'm a shooter when you try to take my future. I'm a introduce your ass to the barrel of this moving nine. Lose your mind in a mind game. Big thoughts, take little thoughts. Get lost in the time change. Over to the central in the mountains. Staying out for my name. And I ain't dealing with the traffic because I'm always in my lane. I give a fuck about the fame. Where the money go? No simple pack slang at the kind of code. An individual who roll where I want to roll. I'm like a pound of kids. Run because she's going to blow. I'm in the head and all. Hit him in the head and all. Hanging on the last name, breaking for the Lord. When I hit him in the head and all. 
Shout out to your PT for the foo foo shit that you do. Thinking you sleep, but the truth hurt. Nigga, EG. Get a beat, get a dope, get sleep. But you ain't went blank, feeling gang from the live show. Gotta pat a nigga down, easy walking for the trail. Could be wearing a wire, is he the 5 0? Trying to see his little nose into something. Need no money, no problem. Need no problem to serve him a roll out. With the sun on the outside of your body, baby, catch your body. Are they ready? He'll know. Leave him shock, or leave my wide. Murder is Ivy, I be in the zone on my own. Just look at me and sleep with the chrome. Make a false move on KP and you gone. How you gon' act like you right when you wrong? Too strong, fuckin' with it, dead as in it never stop Workin' on the job till it's finished Don't believe in that, steppin' off the rip I gotta push it to a undone, uh A limited amount of energy And we don't really wanna cure, we need a remedy A black ski mask, even the vicinity Missing and giving you the real till infinity To Mississippi from the middle of the muddy road And baptizing with fire, but then I spit cold Then overload them away, patterns of flow I think you better get away, cause she gonna blow I think you better get away, cause she gonna blow I'm in the head and all Hit him in the head and all Hanging on the last limb, breaking with the Lord When I hit him in the head and all Hit him in the head and all Gotta hit him in the head and all Hanging on the last limb, breaking with the Lord When I hit him in the head and all Have I shot and killed you Like it did Powerful stuff, man. Powerful stuff. Big shout out to Skip out there in Cali that did the track, man. He from St. Louis, man. Skip, skip a beat. <laughs> Shouts out, Skip, skip. Shouts out. Yeah. So yeah, man, I know, I know before we get out of here, you got some powerful stuff that you want to drop on us real quick. So go ahead and, and, and do your thing, big brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. so so in a nutshell, man, that was head and heart. And it was based, it was based off the situation where that that white officer, the female officer had came into that uh black guy's house and ended up killing him. And you know, they they went very light on her. That's why I said at the end, if I shot and killed you, would I get 10? Right. So it was like one of those challenging songs that put the analogy of head and heart to where the first thing is you're gonna think I'm talking about shooting you in your head and your heart. But I'm really talking about capturing you by your mind right. and your and passion. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is your heart. So if I could, you know, do that, it was a metaphor so I could relate to the streets with the, you know, putting you in the crosshairs, but at the same time relating to the intellectual world and the great thinkers, because I'm all about thinking, you know, so the head and the heart is supposed to be that analogy. But but just to get to the, the prison re-entry section that I'm doing, man. I've been with Save Our Son since 2014. And you know, I was the first person there and uh, was able to make some milestones and, and you know, do some historical things, but we've been able to pivot since the August of 2019 when we first did a program at Jefferson City at the Al Gore Correctional Center. And it started a program that I'm currently doing now at the uh, St. Louis Transition Center. And um, I've had eight cohorts. I've been able to train and uh, get over 80 people into some really good situations, getting them resources, helping them with uh, first and last month rent to move in their places and pretty well giving them a home plan to where they can actually get out and get on their feet. Because a lot mm -hmm. of times these people that are in these halfway house situations, you know, the only thing standing in between them and their freedom is communication with their parole officer or just knowing where resources are. So I become just an advocate for those guys in there 
And, you know, that's something that the National Urban League has actually picked up as well. So they're funding that program. And that was something that myself and my brother, Anthony Cage, was able to spearhead, you know, for the Urban League of Metropolitan St. Louis. So I'm very proud of that. I'm still doing it currently. I just did a class today, man. 12 Righteous Brothers, man, all walks of life. Because, you know, when, when you get incarcerated, everybody becomes the new color folks. And, and in the, today's world, the unvaccinated are the new color folks as well. So <laughs> we got to just right. continue to think, educate, you know, do what's best for you out there. And, you know, just if I can help somebody as I travel alone, my living will not be in vain. So that's my message for the day, man. I'm just living for for everybody else, man. I really haven't had a time to worry about what my needs were because the most high has always provided. So, you know what I'm saying? I just want to leave you with that, Dr. Kenya. And thank you, brother, for doing what you do. You know, we got to keep breathing. Breathe in, breathe out, inhale, <laughs> exhale. You know what I'm saying? Get, get that uh, meditation on. You know, start vibrating higher, man. We got to change the frequency. And that's what my job is in hip hop is to elevate the frequency because there's enough people doing stripper trap drill music, but ain't that's enough right. people doing some conscious head nod music that's gonna make us think critically and executively to get out of this situation that we're Absolutely. going through in 2022. Word, man, I appreciate that, man. Definitely, man, it's great to have you all. Uh, so uh, we, we'll be back, man. We definitely have you back, man. God bless Part you. Two. Part God two. Part two. God bless you, definitely. Peace, brother. Yes, sir.